Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. It's July 30, 2020, and this is episode 713. Preparing for what will be a slightly delayed arrival of my Canon EOS R5, I picked up a new ProGrade Digital CF Express Type B card and dropped my friends at ProGrade Digital Align to ask about this new type of card and they were kind enough to send me a few more to test. So today I'm going to share my findings along with a little more information as to why this format is so exciting. I also picked up one of their Thunderbolt 3 single slot card readers and a USB 3.2 Gen 2 dual slot card reader which I have also compared and will report on shortly. Let's first touch on the difference between Thunderbolt 3 and USB 3.2 Gen 2 as this feeds into at least part of the reason for getting both card readers. Thunderbolt 3 can transfer data at speeds of up to 40 gigabits per second and can also run displays as well as other peripheral devices. This is what I have in my iMac Pro and my 13-inch MacBook Pro, which was the first model to include the USB-C ports, which is shared by the Thunderbolt 3 standard. There has been a lot of confusion over what was initially called USB 3.1 Gen 1 and Gen 2 and these have now been renamed but the confusing elements have unfortunately not really been removed. USB 3.1 Gen 1 is now USB 3.2 Gen 1 with a transfer speed of up to 5 gigabits per second and USB 3.1 Gen 2 is now USB 3.2 Gen 2, with a transfer speed of up to 10 gigabits per second. There is also now a USB 3.2 Gen 2x2, which was originally just USB 3.2, and that has transfer speeds of up to 20 gigabits per second. They are all about to be succeeded by USB 4, and hopefully the standard will start to settle down with regards to silly, confusing naming. But I'm not overly confident that this will happen given the recent track record. What we have to test though will show you the practical differences between the 40 gigabits per second Thunderbolt 3 card reader and the 10 gigabits per second USB 3.2 Gen 2 reader. On paper, the Thunderbolt 3 reader is four times faster, but in practical terms, Thunderbolt 3 far exceeds the speeds of the cards. But they are faster than USB 3.2 Gen 2, so although there's a difference, they're both lightning fast, and both will leave old standards such as USB 2 standing. With the faster cards, both of these readers are even significantly faster than the original USB 3.0, which is now generally referred to as USB 3.1 Gen 1. Occasionally people turn up on my workshops and tell me that their images are taking a number of hours to transfer to their computer, or sometimes the entire evening on heavy wildlife trips. 
If you're spending this much time transferring images, I definitely recommend getting an up-to-date card reader and can't recommend ProGrade readers highly enough. My decision to get both readers was based mostly on travel logistics. At my desk, I'm more than happy to use the larger Thunderbolt 3 single-slot CF Express card reader, which, by the way, with the addition of software drivers, also doubles as an XQD card reader. But I don't have any XQD cards to test, so we won't go into that. This card reader, though, is around 9.8 by 9.8 centimetres, which gives it an area of around 96 square centimetres. That is almost double the area of the 7 by 7 centimetre CF Express and SD UHS 2 dual card reader at 49 square centimetres. When packing a little extra is not an issue, I may pack the Thunderbolt 3 reader as well to enable me to import two cards simultaneously. But I think for overseas travel, I will probably just leave the larger card reader on my desk at home and take just the smaller reader. Anyway, let's look at some figures so that you can see just how well these cards and the respective readers perform. I ran a series of tests using Blackmagic Design's Disk Speed Test application and noted the speeds captured after a couple of cycles had run on both the write and read speeds. If you've ever used this software, you'll know that there can be a lot of variance between tests, even with the same card in the same card reader. So these aren't absolute fastest speeds, and they also don't simulate writing photographs or video to the card. What these figures do is give you an idea of how fast these cards are compared to each other using the two card readers. I've embedded a graph showing the test results into the blog post at mbp.ac slash 713. So if you're not listening on a device that you can see the images on, go over to the blog and check that out. As you can see, the more expensive Cobalt cards has much faster write speeds than even ProGrade Digital's own gold cards, hence the price point. It's pretty amazing that they have achieved write speeds of around 1300 megabytes per second and read speeds of coming up to 1450 megabytes per second. During these tests, there were spikes much higher than these figures as well. The Cobalt card that I tested was a 325GB card and they also have a 650GB card which I will pick up as soon as the slightly faster updated version hits the Japan Amazon store. The gold cards have very similar read speeds but just under half the write speed at between 500 and 580 MB. I also included my fastest SDXC card to put these speeds into context. The cards that I've been using for the last few years with my EOS R are also ProGrade Digital. The main two cards that stayed in both of my cameras was a 128 and a 256GB Cobalt SDXC V90 card.
These are slightly slower than the newest version available, as Prograde seems to constantly tweak their products to squeeze out as much performance as possible, and seeing a jump in speed on the same card is not uncommon. I've also included a photograph of the CF Express Type B card and my slightly outdated SDXC card so that you can see the difference in size. Note that the Type B designation of this particular CF Express card refers to its size, not the quality or speed. Type B cards are 38.5 by 29.8 by 3.8 millimeters in size. There's a smaller Type A card which is 20 by 28 by 2.8 millimeters and a larger Type C card which measures 54 by 74 by 4.8 millimeters. The Canon EOS R5 only takes the Type B CF Express card and the second slot is for SDXC cards. So be careful when you're buying your new CF Express card for the R5. There are already some Type A cards in the wild, although Type B are a little more difficult to come by at this point. In case you want to see the exact numbers that I jotted down for each card as I tested them, I've included a table of my results as well. As you'd expect, the Thunderbolt 3 card reader is quite a lot faster than the USB 3.2 Gen 2 reader, which keeps all of the cards under its maximum logical transfer speed of 10 gigabits per second. Keep in mind that the USB standard speeds are quoted in gigabits per second, but the disk speed test results are spat out in megabits per second. If we convert Thunderbolt 3's 40 gigabits per second to gigabytes per second, we're looking at around 5 gigabytes per second. Likewise, the 10 gigabits per second for USB 3.2 Gen 2 becomes 1.25 gigabytes per second, or 1,250 megabytes per second. So it would be physically impossible for the USB 3.2 Gen 2 card reader to transfer data at the speeds we saw with the Thunderbolt 3 reader. And for good measure, I'll also include on the blog the Blackmagic Design disk speed test results in screen captures so that you can compare those as well. So to think through what this means in terms of using the EOS R5 with those new CF Express cards, I checked Canon's data transfer speeds to see if I could identify any possible areas of concern. So let's touch on a few of the key points here. The most demanding format to write in looks to be 8K DCI video in RAW mode, which requires a data transfer rate of approximately 2600 megabits per second or 325 megabytes per second. And that is below the minimum write speed that I saw with both the Cobalt and Gold CF Express cards from ProGrade Digital. Canon also has an area stating that for 8K RAW video, you'll need a CF Express card 
with write speeds of over 400 megabytes per second. And for all hyphen I, you'll need 200 megabytes per second. What this tells us is that both the Cobalt and Gold cards from ProGrade Digital should be up to the task of shooting 8K raw video. But as I haven't actually tried this yet, I won't be able to say for sure until I get my R5. As far as I can see, this also poses no issues at all for the high frame rate shooting possible with the R5. But the faster the write speed of the card, the more quickly we should be able to clear our buffer and be ready to shoot again. Canon are claiming that the raw buffer size is 66 images on a UHS-1 SD card and 88 images on a UHS-2 SD card. And they don't say anything about the buffer size when using CF Express cards. So my guess is that it's probably going to be such a high number that filling the buffer will be a very rare occurrence and probably not something that I want to do using my own cameras in these tests. But I will try to do as much as possible and report back as soon as I get my EOS R5. Unfortunately, I heard from the store that I ordered my R5 from that they are not going to be able to get me mine today, which is the actual day of release. There is a statement on Canon's website here in Japan apologising for not being able to fulfil all orders on the day of release. It would seem that the EOS R5 is already exceeding Canon's expectations, and I'm disappointed that I won't be able to get my review underway on the day of release. Hopefully it won't be many days into August before I get mine, and I will report on my findings as soon as I'm able to. As I say, I'll also update you on how the ProGrade digital cards fare in the R5, but I'm honestly expecting them to work pretty much flawlessly. The only thing that I have on my radar to look out for is the possibility of the camera overheating when shooting 8K video, and this is being put down by some to the CF Express cards themselves overheating. I read that when these cards overheat, they thermal throttle down to 200 megabytes per second, which would mean that if you are in a situation where the camera or card does overheat, you would need to switch from 8K raw video to all hyphen I, and probably give the camera time to cool down as well. Personally, I generally shoot in all I anyway, so that is not something that I'm really concerned about at this point. Although I'm looking forward to shooting some 8K video, it's the still photography specs like the frame rate and the resolution of the R5 that have me salivating over this camera, and the high video specs are really just a bonus. I do see me shooting more video with the R5 than ever before though, simply because the quality will probably be out of this world, but I'll update you on this in due course as well. Before we finish, I would like to add that I'm really excited about these quantum leaps that we're seeing in the technology that are enabling the manufacturers to do so much more. I honestly did not expect Canon to come out with a camera 
the size of the R5 with such high frame rates and such high resolution. I also was not aware of the CF Express standard until I placed my order for the R5 and looked into the type of memory cards it used. I knew as soon as I saw the specs that it could not be an SDXC, so I was highly interested in this new form factor, and so far have been blown away by all that I've seen. Most of this, of course, has been driven by ProGrade Digital, so a hearty thank you goes back to them for the work that they do in helping to push the industry and ultimately our creative potential forward. Okay, so we'll start to wrap this up for now. If you are preparing for the arrival of your Canon EOS R5 and you still need to place an order for a CF Express memory card, please do consider the ProGrade digital range. I believe that these are the best cards on the market now and can recommend them without any concerns at all. If you want to support my efforts too, please use the affiliate links if you buy from Amazon.com or b Photo. As I mentioned, I did buy one of my CF Express cards and the Thunderbolt card reader myself, but the good folks at ProGrade Digital sent me the rest of the gear to test, and although I thank them for that, this does not in any way alter how I report my findings to you. As always with my reviews, I'll also let you know if I find any shortcomings with products that I test, regardless of how I obtain the product. Thanks very much for listening today. If you enjoy this podcast, please share a link with your friends. Subscribe in iTunes or your favorite podcast program to ensure interrupted delivery. If you have a moment to rate the podcast or leave us a review in iTunes, that helps to keep us relevant in the huge number of podcasts out there now. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn and links to everything that I'm up to are at martinbaileyphotography.com so do drop by and take a look. I'll be back next week with another episode but in the meantime you take care and have a great week whatever you're doing. Bye bye.